1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather let serve them, because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. So for the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So he says, teach and exhort these things at the end of verse 2, that gives us a clue that uh, he's concluding a, a section that especially began in verse 12 of chapter 4. He had concluded the previous section uh, with verse 11 of chapter 4, which says, these things command and teach. And then he starts a new section, and he comes to the end of that section now in chapter 6 and verse 2, and, uh, and says, teach and exhort these things. Uh, and that entire section has been on honor. Uh, first, the honor that he had as a minister, uh, in which the apostle told him to let no one despise him and how to conduct himself uh, honorably. Uh, then the honor with which he was to treat everyone in the congregation, those who are older men, those who are older women, those who are younger men, those who are younger women, and so forth. And then uh, he got into the honoring of the widows that included not just uh, honor of heart, but what we would call honorarium, uh, that is putting them as it were, on the payroll, and the double honor of elders. Uh, and now he says, let as many uh, bondservants, let as many slaves as are under the yoke, count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather serve them, because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Uh, and so one of the things that he is going to be describing uh, in verses 3 through 10 is the place of uh, greed, the place of wealth. Actually, greed has no place. Greed must be uh, mortified. Uh, but that godliness with contentment uh, is a great gain uh, and that we should be content with just food and clothing uh, as the Lord gives us that. Uh, and, of course, that comes from the teaching of Jesus um, in the illustration of the birds and the flowers. We will come to that next week in the next passage. Uh, but here he is talking about those who are slaves and who might be tempted to say, well, my uh, earthly master is an unbeliever. My earthly master is uh, wicked and unkind he doesn't deserve the benefit that he's going to get from my working. Uh, and the apostle says, no, let those who are slaves count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And so they are to regard whatever God in his providence uh, causes to accrue to the wealth of the one who is over them by their work, uh, as uh, something that is uh, appropriate and worthy. What as many slaves as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Why? Because God is worthy of whatever honor we can bring him by the way that we conduct ourselves 
And after all, he is taking care of us. And if he takes care of us and our work enriches in earthly things, a master who cannot take it with him out of this world anyway, and we are becoming rich in godliness and rich in contentment, and we are already rich in God, whose rich honor is being glorified by our slaving away, then we're not really getting nothing out of our slaving away, are we? We're actually much more wealthy uh, and accruing much more true wealth from our labor than the master who we, if we were thinking in earthly ways and earthly terms, would feel was taking advantage of us. And so believers are to treat all masters as worthy of all honor. In fact, an unbelieving master should be perplexed by how hard the guy that he mistreats and takes advantage of uh, who is under him works when that person is a Christian. And this, of course, applies to employee and employer uh, relationships as well. And the difference being, if you are an employee, uh, uh, you are not under the yoke and you are free uh, to find other work if you can, in the providence of God. Uh, and if you can't, if it's the only thing that you can have, then you are like unto a slave, and this still applies. This, of course, uh, applies not just to uh, slaves and employees, but children. If a slave of a wicked master is to consider that master worthy of all honor, is to consider it worthwhile to work hard, even though someone else is going to get all the benefits, and how much more a child in a home where it is your family that will get the benefit? Do you ever do things with a grumbling heart saying, I'm slaving away and you know this is somebody else's job and they're going to get all the benefit and I'm doing all the work? Well, this passage treats that sort of heart, doesn't it? And all the more if you have a believing master. In this case, you have a believing family. Let them not despise them, that is, treat them uh, in a manner that is less than appropriate to their place or position or relation or station. Let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. There is a sad side effect to the sort of worship and idea, uh, ideas about God and about Christ uh, that we that have become so popular in evangelical and even in some um, so-called reformed uh, circles today, in which God is seen as small. They don't say they see God as small, but they act casually with God. Uh, and so those, uh, and I actually fell into this uh, when I was young and impressionable, like uh, like you all are. Uh, I used to hear sometimes someone pray very casually. And I thought, oh man, they must really know God to pray so familiarly uh, to him. But if they really knew God and they really loved God and they really knew his honor, it would not produce casualness and lightness in the way they address him. I mean, think about the son and one of the most intimate prayers that we have ever read in the Bible, John 17 and he calls him, he calls the Father, Holy Father. But one of the sad side effects of this idea 
that knowledge of God erases distinctions of authority and distinctions of honor, uh, position and place, and so forth. Is that this happens in human relationships too. Uh, and people make this mistake between parents and children, where the children become uh, casual in the way they address mom and dad. They don't just know mom and dad as their greatest friends on earth. They start to think mom and dad as their equal buddies. So also with elders and congregation, ministers and congregation. Uh, and we forget that God is the one who's established places and relations in the church and places and relations in the home and he's the one even from whom all authority comes in the state uh, and so there's a temptation for those who are slaves of believing masters in first timothy 6 2 uh, to become chummy with their master uh, and maybe to think that well you know since he and i are brothers in the congregation uh, out here in the household where he's my master uh, I can be more casual with him, and maybe I don't have to work so hard as the other slaves. After all, they're not brothers like uh, like I'm a brother. No, he says, those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them, because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. And, and so the fact that your master is a believer doesn't make you honor less or serve less. It makes you honor more and with more joy and serve more and harder, more diligently and with more joy because now there's there's love for God and the honor of his name as in verse 1 and love for the master and honor for his name as one who's a brother in Christ and who is bought by the blood of Christ. And so it doesn't erase the relation. It rather establishes it. And so if you have a Christian mom or a Christian dad, of course, you don't become all chummy with them. You speak more honoringly. You serve more diligently. You obey more instantly and more completely, right? More right away, all the way, and cheerfully, which is how we have uh, functionally, practically described honor your father and your mother. It's not just obey. It's obey right away. It's not just obey. It's obey all the way. It's not just obey. It's obey cheerfully and especially because mom and dad and the lord are brethren they are believers and beloved and the rest of the household are believers and beloved so this really transforms how you think when you're the only one doing chores now it doesn't mean that you don't love your brothers and sisters and uh, appeal to them as a brother or a sister and say come let us love the lord and love the family together uh I've been doing these chores by myself, and I'm happy to do. But I want you to enter into this uh, this blessed privilege of serving under Christ in our house together. That's very different, isn't it? Than can't believe I'm the only one doing these dishes, laundry, or whatever, um, and allowing a grumbling spirit in your heart. Uh, so believers are to treat all masters as worthy of all honor, uh, because their master and his gospel are worthy of what honor they can bring it. We don't want God or his doctrine to be blasphemed. And then in verse 2, brother love adds to this honor, increases, amplifies, intensifies this honor rather than taking away from it. And Lord, grant unto us to have our hearts corrected and shaped 
by this portion of his word, let that, that his spirit would do so. Our Father in heaven, you are the one who feeds the birds and clothes the flowers, and you have given us every good thing that we need, and we praise your name for it. We pray that you would give us contentment. We pray that you would make us to count ourselves rich in having you rich in the opportunity to bring you honor. Help us, Lord, not to grumble in any of our labor, whether in our home or in the workplace. Uh, Help us to be willing that whatever you make to come out of our work that benefits others would indeed benefit them. Give us love for our enemy, love for our neighbor, love especially for our brother, and most especially, Lord, love for you. We pray that you would help us to honor you from the heart, that the nearer we come to you, the greater we would honor you. And we pray that you would give us then the reflection of that in our earthly relationships, especially with those whom you have put in positions of honor in our home, in our church, and even in in the civil sphere. Grant us, O God, the help of your Spirit, who is to us the Spirit of Christ, by whom the Lord Jesus was humble uh, under so many authorities in his life, even having humbled himself so greatly as to take the form of a bond slave and be found in appearance as a man and go to the death of the cross for us. So bring Christ glory and honor in our lives by giving us the mind that is in Christ Jesus. For we ask it in his name. Amen.